Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Forced Absence from Thessalonica, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we studied the passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 through 20. The entire context is found in chapter 2 and all of chapter 3. The total verse range is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 through chapter 3, verse 13. In our first look at this passage, we noticed a few things right from the start. I will, in brief, review two of which to now what your desire to read and research more. 1. We notice the comment in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. It simply reads, We wanted to come to you, but Satan thwarted us. Secondly, Barnes' New Testament notes has modern-day echoes as well. Notice how Barnes' New Testament notes ends its passage. It expounds upon the very confusion we, as modern-day men and women of God, more frequently deal with on a frequent daily basis. Quoting, The hindrances which we meet in our efforts to do good when the providence of God seems to favor us and His Word and Spirit seem to call us to a particular duty, often look very much like the work of Satan. This week, we continue our examination found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and chapter 3. We continue in chapter 3 this week. The context continues from chapter 2 through all of chapter 3, which is short. It is only 13 verses long for a total of 17 verses when including the contextual last four verses in chapter 2. We will continue by reading further in chapter 3. The passage reads, But now Timothy has come to us from you and given us the good news of your faith and love, and that you always think of us with affection, and long to see us just as we long to see you. So, in our distress and affliction, we were reassured about you, brothers and sisters, through your faith. For now we are alive again, if you stand firm in the Lord. For how can we thank God enough for you, for all the joy we feel because of you before our God? We pray earnestly, night and day, to see you in person and make up what may be lacking in your faith. Now may God our Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we do for you, so that your hearts are strengthened in holiness 
to be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 13. Notice, in verse 13, the change in that verse. Verse 13 starts to point to the one big reason we are examining this text. For continuity, we will reread verses 12 through 13. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we do for you, so that your hearts are strengthened in holiness to be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Notice specifically the phrase, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints, quote, his, end quote, being Jesus Christ. On this, commentary states, no man as yet is in himself sanctified holy. There is no unblameable holiness but in Christ. Hopefully, that whets your appetite for this passage. So, let's start examining this passage from the top. Commentary on verse 6 reads, Timothy also brought an account of their, quote, charity, end quote, or love, which faith works by. These two graces are always found together. They are wrought in the soul by one and the same hand, and at the same time, where the one is, the other is, and as the one flourishes and increases, so does the other. And by this grace is meant love to God, to Christ, to his truths, ordinances, ways, and worship, and to one another, and even to all men, and which was without dissimulation, in sincerity, in deed, and in truth, and was constant and fervent, and this was not the whole of the report. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. This commentary passage sparked a verse to pop into my mind right away when reading this commentary passage. That verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, which reads, And now faith, hope, and love, these three things remain, but the greatest of these is love. Right now, we need all three. When we are finally in heaven, faith will no longer be required. What we now need faith for will be in plain view when we are finally in the heavenly presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our commentary passage tells us something else we need to know equally well. We read, speaking of love and faith, quote, These two graces are always found together. They are wrought in the soul by one and the same hand, and at the same time, where the one is, the other is. And as the one flourishes and increases, so does the other. End quote. What does that say about today's church in America of believers that appear to be unsaved onlookers, 
as having neither. Yes, some onlookers do not want to see anything in today's church. Others see it and want it stopped. What is up with that? Regardless, our mission, as Scripture defines it, remains unchanged at all times, no matter how this will all play out as time goes on. One glaring example is, how do you, and what are you doing, to continue witnessing in a presently coronavirus-defined world? Presently, we have a large number of alternatives available to any of us that we are already paying for and not using. Think outside your box. Waiting for the larger church body is no longer relevant. It may be that we recover only until the fall and winter months in the Northern Hemisphere when we will find ourselves in a second wave of coronavirus, if not sooner, making this present one look pale in comparison. I know that sounds hard. I know many of you wish I'd be a more positive-sounding voice. Nonetheless, it does not change the grim truth we all face now. The present news is all too telling. It is up to us to do what we can and know how to do now. Not doing so will leave many in a terrible place in these end times. Moving to verse 8. Verse 7 is the full sentence, so we will read verse 7 as well. It reads, Because of this we were confronted over you, brothers, on all our affliction and distress through your faith. For now we live, if you should stand fast in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 through 8. Notice specifically, what verse 8 says, For now we live, if you should stand fast in the Lord. Commentary is very enlightening as well. It reads, Before they were dead men, lifeless, disconsolate, dispirited, carrying about with them the dying of the Lord Jesus and death working in them, and they, as it were, under the sentence of that, being killed all the day long for Christ's sake. But now, upon this news, in the midst of all their sore trials and troubles, their spirits revived, and they became alive and cheerful. It was like life from the dead unto them. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. Did you hear that last line? It read, It was like life from the dead unto them. Wow! The news from Thessalonica made this feeling rise in them. Notice what commentary said before this news was made known to them. Quote, They were dead men, lifeless, disconsolate, dispirited, carrying about with them the dying of the Lord Jesus and death working in them, being killed all the day long for Christ's sake. End quote. 
if good news can create the sensation and emotions associated with the reveling of that good news, then how much more could that news of salvation mean to you if you are unsaved? Commentary reads and explains further, quoting, They were in the Lord secretly by electing grace and openly by regenerating grace, and they abode in him, that is Christ, and by preserving grace, they were rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith of him, of his person, office, and grace. They were steady in the exercise of grace upon him and stood fast in the liberty wherewith he had made them free and continued steadfastly in the doctrines and ordinances of the gospel. For the, quote, if, end quote, here is not expressive of doubting, but of reasoning. Quote, seeing ye stand fast in the Lord, end quote, of which they were assured by Timothy, and this gave them fresh spirit and life, amidst the depths in which they often were. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. Notice commentary here. It read, For the, quote, if, end quote, here is not expressive of doubting, but of reasoning. I think today, especially in America. Seeing the distinction here is almost impossible for most people, yet it is there. Maybe you can see it if we now read the previous portion of this commentary again. It read, They were in the Lord secretly by electing grace, and openly by regenerating grace, and they abode in him, him as Christ, and by preserving grace, they were rooted and built up in Christ, and established in the faith of him, of his person, office, and grace, they were steady in the exercise of grace upon him, and stood fast in the liberty wherewith he had made them free and continued steadfastly in the doctrines and ordinances of the gospel. End quote. Let us break down this passage of commentary with regard to grace, since faith, in this life, walks together with grace. 1. They were in the Lord secretly by electing grace. 2 openly by regenerating grace. 3. They abode in him, and by preserving grace, they were rooted and built up in Christ, and established in the faith of him, of his person, office, and grace. 4. They were steady in the exercise of grace upon him. Notice these four points, all found in grace. 
There is a secret grace, an open regenerating grace, a preserving grace we abide or live in. There is a grace we find in Christ, and in those forms of grace we are to be steadfast in our exercise of it. Have you ever exercised this four-part definition of grace in your life as you walk in Christ? Are you at all familiar with the other forms of grace mentioned here? It seems from what we have seen thus far, this is a valid marker, for us today at least, as to how well we are growing now and how we have grown. Let's finish with verse 13. We will read it with verse 12 for continuity. And may the Lord make you to increase and to abound in love toward one another and toward all, even as we also toward you, in order to establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 12 through 13. Looking at verse 13, let's read the commentary associated with verse 13. It is a bit long and reads, There is no holiness in men naturally. What is in them without the grace of God is only a show. True holiness is from the Spirit of God, and this is a stable thing in itself and can never be removed or taken away. But the acts of it, through the prevalence of corruption, of force of Satan's temptations, and the snares of the world, are fickle and inconsistent, and the saints need to be established in the discharge of duty, as well as in the exercise of grace. And whereas the apostle prays, that they might be, quote, unblameable in holiness, end quote. The Alexandrian copy reads, quote, in righteousness, end quote. So one of Stephen's, it must be observed that no man is perfectly holy in this life. No man is without sin in himself or lives without the commission of it. Holiness in the best is imp- perfect. No man, as yet, is in himself sanctified holy. There is no unblameable holiness but in Christ, and in him the saints are without spot and blemish, who is their sanctification and their righteousness. But in themselves they are full of spots and stains. Yet through the grace of God, their hearts may be so established with principles of holiness, and they may be so associated in the acts of it daily as to give no just cause of blame to men, and so to behave as to approve themselves, quote, before God, end quote, who sees the heart and knows from what principles all actions flow. And this, the apostle desires, may be at the coming of our Lord Jesus, or unto the coming of him. 
either at death when he comes into his garden and gathers his lilies and takes his to himself to be forever with him, or at the day of judgment when he comes to judge the quick and dead, and which coming of his is certain and will quickly and suddenly and with great glory and power. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible There are three things among many we should examine as this examination closes. Notice the bold statement that opens this commentary passage. There is no holiness in men naturally. Holiness is not natural to our makeup as men and women, with or without God. Notice how commentary continues. What is in them without the grace of God is only a show. I think no matter where you live, you'll fully understand that statement in commentary. We can substitute the word, quote, show, end quote, with the word, quote, fake, end quote. It would then read, what is in them without the grace of God is only fake. In other words, what is in them is not of substance and worth with respect to what is of substance and worth in God. Putting the next two observations in commentary together reads as follows. True holiness is from the Spirit of God, and this is a stable thing in itself, and can never be removed or taken away. No man, as yet, is in himself sanctified holy. There is no unblameable holiness but in Christ, and in him the saints are without spot and blemish. The last comment here is very interesting. The word, quote, him, end quote, refers to Christ. It reads, in him, the saints are without spot and blemish. Even as saved in Christ, we are not without spot or blemish, but if saved in Christ, we are without spot or blemish. Isn't that interesting? It is a strange thing to us in modern times. It seems almost contradictory or a paradox without an answer to our questions. As we look deeper, first, there is true holiness from the Holy Spirit of God, or Holy Spirit as we call him today. That holiness is stable in itself. It can never be removed or taken away. That means the notion of losing one's salvation would be untrue to this comment we have just read. This is why commentary said, True holiness is from the Spirit of God, and this is a stable thing in itself, and can never be removed or taken away. We should note, this is not about what some call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as many American charismatics and some others speak of, which is a different topic 
for another time because Christ is presently preparing a place for his people in heaven. Scripture tells us we are presently held by the Holy Spirit. In respect to this, any holiness found in men and women of God is because of the Holy Spirit residing in them. It is only because of this and our salvation in Christ that we are found without spot or blemish. Galatians chapter 5 tells us this and warns of knowing this, making us into unnerving, gleeful people, fully lazy in the things of God we need to occupy ourselves with, as Paul did in his day. Where are you? Even in the coronavirus world, we presently live in. Next week, we will continue to examine this subject titled A Life Pleasing to God, Part 1. In Chapter 4, Paul opens with comments concerning holiness. Verse 1 and 8 in Chapter 4 reads, Finally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received instruction from us about how you must live and please God, as you are in fact living, that you do so more and more. And, consequently, the one who rejects this is not rejecting human authority, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 8. Another very interesting couple of comments from Scripture. Find out what is in between next week. Lay or download next week's episode titled, A Life Pleasing to God, Part 1. Lay or download this episode next week from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. All other quotes bear the source they are from. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. 
For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website. Our subdomain hosted at site123 is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase in either case, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. Again, Church of the Un, insert dash symbol, Church. To find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore post all episodes on our backup post, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site is www.podcasts.com or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.